Hi, and welcome to Ask the Pastor, a segment of the West Hills podcast where you have the opportunity to ask and receive biblical answers from your questions by our lead pastor, Will Duvall. I'm your host, Thad Yessa, and I'm excited to dive into today's question. Today's question comes to us from an anonymous listener who asks, how should a Christian respond to the coronavirus? Thanks, Thad, and uh, thanks, listener, for this great question. I know it's a really important one and one that's probably on all of our minds these days uh, with the current news cycle um, with the coronavirus. And so um, rather than reinvent the wheel, I actually made this my sort of featured article for our quarterly um, church newsletter that will be going out probably later today even. And um, since I had already written it up, I thought since we have some listeners to the podcast who might not subscribe to our email or some of you that uh, for whom it may go to your junk mail, like if your mail client is messed up like mine, check your, check your spam for all uh, West Hills newsletters. But anyway, I thought I would just give you an extra way to listen to this this week on our, on our podcast. So I'm just going to kind of read from uh, my article that will be going out and maybe insert some kind of explanation of Bible passages and and commentary as needed. So in January, uh, news broke of the coronavirus, a deadly new virus originating in the Wuhan province of China. Since then, the virus, now labeled COVID-19, has reached six continents, infecting more than 95,000 people and killing more than 3,200, including 11 people right here in the U.S., All of this has left many of us wondering, how should Christians react to news of the coronavirus? Below, I outline a biblical response not only to COVID-19, but to any such widespread crisis. So I've got four steps that I'm going to list for you with a, a PPPP alliteration. So the first P is prayer. Uh, Where we go first in the wake of such news reveals much about our hearts. Does it send us to the grocery store to stock up on end-of-the-world supplies or to our knees in prayer? Paul encourages us in Philippians 4.6 not to be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. While God does not promise to always answer our prayers in the way we want, He has promised us something better. Verse 7, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And because of this peace, God's peace, supernaturally imparted to us by Jesus himself, who has left us with his Holy Spirit to dwell in us, John 14, 17, to comfort us, verse 26, Jesus can now actually command us in Matthew 6, 31, do not be anxious precisely because he has promised us Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. That's John 14, 27. Prayer reminds us that not only do we serve the God of peace, who comforts us in all our affliction, 2 Corinthians 1, 4, but he is also the sovereign God who reigns over all the world. God does all that he pleases, Psalm 115, 3. And his purpose will stand, Proverbs 19.21. And yet, in his providence, God has ordained prayer as the mechanism by which God's people can have his ear and actually affect his heart. 
And I've got scripture references with all those as well that you'll want to check when the newsletter comes out. Psalm 66, 19, John 9, 31, 1 Peter 3, 12, Exodus 32, 11 through 14, 1 John 5, 15, and James 5, 16. So God could eradicate COVID-19 for all time in a second with a mere word. My question is, are we asking him to? Are his people praying? Number two, our second response after prayer, and these are sequential, after prayer is, is preach. Even as we await God's answer to our prayers, we need to regularly preach his word to our wavering hearts. We need to remind ourselves that God is not just sovereign, but good, and that we can therefore trust him even amidst the COVID-19 chaos. We think about Romans 8, 28. God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to, to prosper you, give you a future. Uh, Psalm 84, 11, no good thing does God withhold from those who, who uh, follow him or are upright in heart. And so uh, we need to remind ourselves that God has not forgotten about us here on earth. Um, you know, Isaiah 49, 15, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxieties on him. We need to remind ourselves that God has not temporarily stepped off his throne in heaven, uh, Psalm 103, 19, or, or left us to suffer here alone. Isaiah 63, 9, uh, Psalm 34, 18, God is near to the brokenhearted. And most of all, we need to remind ourselves that God has proved this by sending Jesus to suffer not only with us, but for us. You think of Hebrews 4.15, you know, we don't have a, high, a great high priest who is unable to sympathize with us in our weakness. But he not only suffered with us, he suffered for us. 1 Peter 3.18 says Christ suffered once for all, you know, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring us, uh, reconcile us back to God. And so because of Jesus, we remind ourselves that the very worst that COVID-19 can now do to us, to believers, is to expedite our glorious homecoming. We think of what Paul writes in, in his letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, verses 21 to 24, when he says, you know, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. If, I, if, if God sees fit to leave me on this earth, that's great because I get to go on preaching and witnessing for him and planting churches. But if he takes me home, that's even better. And uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 57, where you know, Paul says, death, where, Oh, death, where now is your sting? Um, hell, where is your sting? Uh, Christ is, has overcome the grave, and, and so will we. And so our, our hope is, is seated with Christ in heaven. And so um, we... We pray, we preach, and then thirdly, we prepare. And so none of this excuses our carelessness. Uh, Proverbs 22.3 cautions us, The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. Uh, God's word tells us that God takes no pleasure in the death of anyone. Ezekiel 33.11, Much less the avoidable deaths of his beloved children. And so we don't seek out trouble uh, in this life. Uh, wash your hands. Stay home if you're sick. Sure, pay attention to the news so that you can plan accordingly. But keep this in mind, not just with COVID-19, but with, with all of your news viewing friends, 
keep this in mind. Our news sources have a vested interest in keeping you glued to their screen because fear, and fear is their most powerful motivator. And yet we serve a God who calls us to fear not, for I am with you. Isaiah 41.10. Lastly, we pray, we preach, we prepare, and fourthly, we press on. In light of all of God's promises that we've reviewed, we stand firm in the faith, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Uh, What Paul wrote about persecution in the first century is equally true of the coronavirus in the 21st century. It says, we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us For an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. That's 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18. Sickness and suffering in this life whet our appetite for the heavenly banquet that is to come. Yet in the meantime, we press on to make the best use of the time because the days are indeed evil, as Ephesians 5.16 tells us. And even more evil than COVID-19 and the physical death it threatens is the spiritual death that awaits all those who perish physically without knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. And people need to know sin is a disease found on all seven continents and all seven billion hearts. And sin has a 100% fatality rate eternally, unless you know the cure. And so I'll end there by asking, do you? Do you know the cure? Do your neighbors know the cure? Do your coworkers, do your loved ones, do they have the cure? for the worst disease of all, the eternal disease uh, of sin. Um, How then, Paul asked in Romans 10, 14, will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And so, West Hills, I encourage you, I challenge you, may we be the ones praying like, like Jeremiah, Here I am, Lord, send me. May we press on to know the Lord and to make him known in the world, a world of such desperate physical and spiritual need. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Ask the Pastor. Don't forget that you can submit your questions each week at the info bar at West Hills or by submitting your questions online through our website at www.westhillsstl.org. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform, and thanks for listening.